Friday, October 25th here in Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to our Week 8 FanDuel Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Schaff. With me, as always, is Jared Smola. And this podcast is sponsored by our partners at Fanshare Sports. Fanshare curates hundreds of pieces of daily fantasy sports-related articles, tweets, and podcasts to create the most accurate ownership projections in the industry. Those projections can be found in the Lineup Builder tool on DraftSharks.com, and you can find up-to-date ownership info anytime at FanshareSports.com. On DraftSharks, you can read all of Kevin's top picks for playing on FanDuel this weekend, and come Saturday morning, you can see the lineups that Jared and I are playing against each other in the Shark Duel. And let me just take a minute to thank you, Smoley, for your efforts in these Shark Duels, because without these particular contests, I would probably would have been cut off from DFS competition for the year by now. Yeah, you're just giving me money on DraftKings. I'm giving you money on FanDuel. And, you know, they're, they're just taking the rake and just stealing money from both of us. <laughs> really, it's really, it's unfair. Yeah, basement performances of from Kyler Murray, Tevin Coleman, Cooper Cup, Larry Fitzgerald last week balanced out my good plays to keep it from being an actually successful lineup. I, I don't think any of those guys, looking back, was truly a bad play. I, I probably shouldn't have played anybody from the Niners Washington game because of the amount of rain that was headed. Maybe I shouldn't have played Kyler Murray for the same reason for the forecast and Cardinals giants. But I mean, otherwise I think that the plays were okay. Yeah. I mean, they were good enough to beat my scrub of a lineup. I mean, you know, Matt Ryan, complete dud, Tyler Boyd and Larry Fitzgerald, their prices on FanDuel keep sucking me in and, you know, because they're getting the targets, but the fantasy points just haven't been there. And then Evan Ingram was a massive disappointment in, in that game against the Cardinals. I just I keep having these visions every time I'm setting these lineups of not using Larry Fitzgerald and then he goes like six for one twelve and two touchdowns. That's gonna happen this week because I'm not using Larry Fitzgerald. <laughs> oh, let's see. <laughs> All right. So we'll both be back at it for week eight. You'll be able to see who we're playing against each other in the free post for this podcast on DraftSharks.com. For now, I'm gonna kick us off with a cash QB and at cash, I think Matthew Stafford at seventy seven hundred bucks and Tom Brady at seventy nine hundred bucks are the the quote unquote safe plays in the seven K range. I hesitate to call anybody truly safe, but Stafford's offense has been crappy at running the ball this year. It's been much better at throwing the ball. Fourth in offensive efficiency rankings for throwing, according to Football Outsiders. So I'm not scared of Ty Johnson stealing all of Matt Stafford's fantasy points the way Chase Edmonds did to Kyler Murray last week. I think there will be plenty to go around. And similarly, even if we get a Sony Michelle heavy day for the Patriots against the Browns, I still think that New England's going to score enough points for everyone there. I think those two guys are just a little safer than in the same range, Josh Allen and then cheaper Ryan Tannehill, Derek Carr, and of course, Drew Brees with his thumb. Yep, no argument for those guys. Um, I think I'm just going to go all the way up to Deshaun Watson in cash. I mean, you, you don't need to make much of an argument here. I mean, he's been awesome. The Raiders' pasty has been bad all season. But it's interesting that even at 8400 bucks, Watson checks in as the top dollars per point value on FanDuel this week based on our projections. And you know, we'll talk about some value guys later here, but I think there's enough of those where it's pretty easy to fit Watson into your lineup. Yeah, and I haven't built my lineup yet, and I very well might end up leaning that way as well because I do think there's plenty of other places to save your money to get to him. Yep. Uh, over on the tournament side, that's where I had Deshaun Watson, 8400 bucks, and I, I favor him there because of the ultimate ceiling. 
He, I'm chasing his ceiling this week in that matchup with Oakland. We mentioned it on the other pod. We mentioned it on the Thursday pod. I mean, Oakland just finished getting slaughtered by Aaron Rodgers. They had a similar defensive outing against Patrick Mahomes at their place earlier this season. We've had a ceiling game from Deshaun Watson at home against Atlanta already. I, it's not hard to envision a similar game this week. I think there's big points coming with very low uh, bust potential as long as he stays healthy. So beyond Watson, I'll throw out Jameis Winston as a contrarian option if you're looking for that. Projected around 3% ownership. He's already showed his ultimate ceiling a couple times this week, most notably in that game at the Rams a few weeks ago. Now he faces a Titans D that's much tougher against the run than the pass. And Jameis Winston's affordable at 7400 bucks with two stacking options that are obvious at wide out. Yeah, Winston's who I have here for tournaments too. I think he's cheap enough. I think, like you said, he's an easy stack. Um, I, I wouldn't expect the Bucks to have any success on the ground with you know their their bad running game against a pretty solid Titans run defense. So I, I do think Winston makes a lot of sense for tournaments this week. I didn't mean to steal it from you. I must have overlooked that you had picked him. We're on the same page. I like it. I'll let you start with the cash running back now. Um, I'm going Chase Edmonds here. I'm assuming, obviously, David Johnson's out, which I, I do expect to be the case. 6100 bucks for Chase Edmonds, and it, the matchup's not great. The Saints are ninth in Football Outsiders run D. They're fifth in adjusted fantasy points allowed through running backs, but you know we're, we're always just looking for volume at running back, and Edmonds last week played 94% of the Cardinals' offensive snaps, 27 carries, and four targets. So I, I think you know he's a pretty safe bet for another 20 touches this weekend, which is is a ton at 6100 bucks. Yeah, I think he's certainly fine for like head-to-heads. I would probably lean away from him in a larger field 50-50 because I do think there's some risk to the matchup and there are lots of other guys in a similar price range who look at least close to as good as uh, Chase Edmonds and, and maybe even as good or better. Uh, my favorite is Sony Michelle at 6,500. As I said, lots of fine options in the 6,000 range up through the low 7,000. I think Michelle is as safe a bet for carries as basically anybody south of Leonard Fournette, and he's $1,200 cheaper than Leonard Fournette. 18 and a half carries per game over the past four weeks for Sony Michelle. Three, three, and two targets in the past three games, so he's getting more work there as well. The Browns this week present the second friendliest scoring matchup for fantasy running backs in the league and the Patriots enter this matchup as two touchdown favorites at home. So a great spot for Sony Michelle's chances of, of getting both touches and getting touch, touchdown opportunities. We still got 19 carries for Sony Michelle last week in a game where they weren't running especially efficiently against the jets. He's facing a weaker run defense this week. So I think that we'll get plenty of Michelle. And I think that we should expect good production from this one. Tournament side now, what you got at running back? I think Matt Breda at fifty three hundred bucks is like a perfect pivot off of Ty Johnson, who's fifty two hundred dollars, and you know Johnson looks like he might be the most popular running back on the slate. Matt Breda is at like one percent ownership. Um, you know, if you look at the box score last week for the Niners game, you see Tevin Coleman with you know twenty carries versus just eight for Matt Breda, but. Breda exited that game midway through the third quarter for a concussion check and, and didn't return. So it, it was actually eight carries apiece for Breda and Coleman before that. So I still think we're looking at you know something close to a 50-50 split here. Matchup's good, too, for Breda. Um, Panthers tough against the pass, but they're 30th in football outsiders run defense rankings, allowing 4.5 yards per carry through running backs. They're 18th in adjusted fantasy points allowed to the position. So uh, I think Breda has big upside here, and, and I think no one's going to be on him because anyone in this range is going to be going to, to uh, Ty Johnson. I agree with taking a shot on Matt Breda. I'm also going to go back to Tevin Coleman, 
6,200 bucks, still plenty affordable. And the matchup's good. Carolina, the number three pass defense, number 30 against the run, according to Football Outsiders. The situation was right for Tevin Coleman last week. And like you said, he still got 20 carries and two targets. I know that Matt Breida leaving early helped that, but the carries, as you said, were 8-8. So it's not like Breida was beating Tevin Coleman when he left the game. And the previous two games, Coleman ended up beating Breida by five carries each time. So I do think that it's a fairly even split. I also think that Tevin Coleman's going to get the slightly larger share of this fairly even split. And that San Francisco has been the most run-heavy offense in the league so far. I expect there to be a lot more running in this one. I expect them to win this game and thus be able to run as much as they want to. Panthers are allowing four and a half yards per carry. They've allowed also allowed the fifth highest rushing touchdown rate to running backs. So I think it's possible to like both of these guys, and I'm not going to quit on Tevin Coleman just because he let me down last week. Yeah, I think Coleman's edges, he still looks like the 49ers goal linebacker, but I do still think he has more touch on upside. But, you know, we, we've seen Breda score plenty from from distance, and, you know, for – for the $900 discount, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to him in tournaments. Yeah, I mean, I think it's very similar to Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman, where yep. they absolutely both make sense and either one could pay off for you. Yep. At wide receiver, who are you playing in cash? I'm going John Brown here, just way too cheap for you know his his ability, this matchup. He's $5,900 on FanDuel, um, and he's been pretty consistent this season. He has 50-plus yards in all six games. He has 10-plus FanDuel points in four of six games. Um, we haven't seen a real ceiling game since since week one against the Jets, but uh, you know th- this matchup should should bring some more upside. Um, the Eagles have allowed the most yards to wide receivers this season. They've allowed the most touchdowns to wide receivers this season. Uh, Philly's also allowed the second most completions of forty plus yards, which obviously suits John Brown's game. I will be there at that game. I will play some John Brown. I will probably play Josh Allen. We'll see, but I'm definitely playing. Uh, John Brown so that I can cheer for both sides because I <laughs> care about my team more than the Eagles at this point for sure. So yeah, all the John Brown this week across contests. I like him. I also like Kenny Galladay at 6,700 bucks on yeah. FanDuel. He's up $600 in salary on DraftKings, but he's actually down $400 in FanDuel salary this week versus last week after a dud. Last week for Galladay marked his second dud of the season, but it was the first time this year that he has fallen short of eight targets. The other dud at Philly, he still saw eight targets, just only had two catches in that one. Matchups are good for both of the outside wideouts against the Giants. Overall, the Giants show up as just slightly north of neutral as a wide receiver scoring matchup, but... You know, like we said before, the pass offense here is way better than the rush offense. I think Detroit's well set up to exploit a bad Giants secondary. And I believe that on the PFF matchup chart, Kenny Galladay had the biggest mismatch of anybody wide receiver with cornerback this week. The high ownership projection, I think, makes Galladay more favorable as a cash than GPP play. I don't think he's out of tournament contention for me because of that. But that's what makes me lean toward the cash side for him as opposed to tournament. Yep, definitely think he's in play in tournaments. I, I'm surprised that he's projected to be as high-owned as he is. I actually have Galladay down as my tournament play here. We'll see. If it looks like it's going to be you know 20%, maybe I'll get off of him. But I agree, he's in a great spot. The um, the Giants' outside cornerbacks, Janoris Jenkins and DeAndre Baker, they rank 68th and 117th in PFF's coverage grades among 121 qualifiers. So you know, whichever guy Galladay sees on Sunday, it's going to be a big mismatch in his favor. Yeah, I wish that the fantasy public were just a little dumber and playing lots of Marvin Jones this week and not playing as much Kenny Galladay. Maybe Marvin Jones is the guy we go to if everyone's just going to you know try to be sneaky and get on Galladay. <laughs> Maybe. On the tournament side, I'm liking Tyrell Williams here as well. 5900 bucks, same price as John Brown. And really, 
His outlook is basically the same as John Brown. The thing that he doesn't have is health, the plantar fasciitis, which makes him a risk and, you know, makes him even still questionable at this point. We'll see about Tyrell Williams' game status. But he's heading into a game that's a terrific matchup against Houston. He's already given up a ton of wide receiver fantasy points. And they're the heavy underdog, which Buffalo is not heading into the weekend. So we could get higher pass volume from Oakland. Tyrell Williams easily beats that wide receiver core when he's on the field. So the upside is huge. I also want to throw out a couple other guys on the owned rate side. Tyler Lockett at 7,200. Other people are as excited as you are about DK Metcalf because Lockett's headed for uh, about half, less than a half of DK Metcalf's ownership, sub 10%. I still think he's affordable at 7,200. Hasn't dominated targets the way he did for a couple of games earlier this season, but still the number one receiver for Seattle, at least technically. And then similarly, DJ Chark, 6,300 bucks. A little bit pricier than he started out early in the season, but still plenty affordable. And he's headed for sub 5% ownership, according to Fanshare right now, less than half of what D.D. Westbrook is projected for at the moment. Chark's coming off consecutive three catch games, but before last week, he saw seven plus targets in three straight. And he's got a tremendous individual matchup this week against the Jets' Tremaine Johnson. The Jets are a sneaky tough D overall, but they're tougher against the run sixth against the run. I think that could press Jacksonville into a little bit more passing than it might like in this game. Yep. Everyone's, everyone's off a chart and on to the next, you know, the next big thing. So I definitely think going back to him makes a lot of sense in tournaments. Mm-hmm. Tight end. What do you like? Tight end's tough this week to me on FanDuel. Um, I think it makes sense to pay up for one of the top six. I, I don't think you're getting enough of a discount on the cheap guys. I'm going to go with Darren Waller at 6800 bucks. He's just the guy I feel best about. He's third among, tar- among tight ends in targets per game. He's just slightly behind Evan Ingram and Zachers. And just, just in this game script with the Raiders' big underdogs against Houston, I just expect... Oakland to be throwing it quite a bit and I think you know Waller obviously a huge part of that passing game even if Tyrell Williams is back so I I just feel best about his target volume I guess out of those top six guys yeah and as you mentioned you have to at least give a look at those top six guys the top six tight ends in our FanDuel dollars per point rankings all cost more than six thousand dollars in FanDuel salary this week I'm still going to start with Gerald Everett at 6100 as my primary target in that range, he's cheapest among those options. He has seen more targets than anyone else in the position over the past three weeks. He has the sixth most PPR points per game over that stretch, uh, despite catching only half of those targets. So there's some volatility, but I think the matchup uh, helps raise the floor for Everett this week. I don't, I don't envision him catching only half of his targets against the Bengals. And it, Cincinnati's bad at everything, including 28th in tight end coverage, according to Football Outsiders. There are other fantasy matchup numbers you can point to and say that the Bengals haven't been that friendly to tight ends. I'm not buying it. I'm ignoring that stuff. The Bengals are bad at everything. The only way that they don't get points from Everett this week is if they get those points from somebody else. Yep, makes sense. Tournament tight end, I'm going, I'm going with Jonu Smith at 4900 bucks. I think tournament is where it makes sense to maybe you know spend down on one of these flyers. Jonu Smith obviously is assuming Delaney Walker's out, which seems likely at this point. Well, we should know for sure by Friday afternoon. Um, Smith, after Walker exited early last week, ended up playing 82% of the Titans' offensive snaps, caught three balls for 64 yards. He He's a big play threat. He's a guy I liked coming out of Florida Florida International in 2017. He put up nice college numbers. Um, he tested as an 87th percentile spark guy. Um, and he's averaged 12.3 yards per catch as a pro so far. So you know he's been impressive in spurts. Um, you know, he's sort of just been stuck behind Delaney Walker, but I think this week, especially in this matchup against the Bucks, who are 31st in adjusted fantasy points, a lot of tight ends. I think, I think Smith has a nice ceiling. 
Yep, I agree with that. I'm also willing to go as far down as Jordan Aikens at $4,300. He's $800 cheaper in FanDuel salary than teammate Darren Fells. He has matched Darren Fells' five red zone targets so far, according to NFL Savant. And Aikens has topped 60% route rate in each of his past three games. That marks a rise from the three games before that, so he's just more involved in general. Oakland Mm -hmm. this week, 29th in tight end coverage, according to Football Outsiders. Bad in coverage against pretty much every position. So, you know, like I said with Everett, there's a chance that they just don't need to throw the ball to Aikens because they can throw it to everybody else. But Jordan Aikens has also shown us so far that he has a chance to produce on just two targets. So I'm willing to throw him in there, especially willing if it's a Deshaun Watson lineup. I was going to say, what's the max amount of guys from one team you can have? Can you go like Watson and, uh, you know, three of his pass catchers? I think that's allowed. Yeah, I'm not even sure what the limit (laughs) is because I don't think I've tested it outside of a showdown lineup. At some point you are, I think, hurting your upside because like, Uh what are the odds all three of those guys go off? But I mean, I don't know, maybe in this spot with Deshaun Watson against the Raiders, all three of those guys go off. Right. I mean, it's rare that it's going to work out. I probably wouldn't go past two receivers to go with my quarterback but you know I guess this is one of the rare spots where maybe it's worth a look yeah and especially because Kenny Stills and and Aikens are so cheap like you Mm -hmm. know you don't need a huge huge thing if you get 12 points out of Jordan Aikens you're you're doing well which which seems possible even if Hopkins and Stills go off over at flex I'm looking primarily at the running backs in the 6k range in addition to the guys we've already talked about there's Philip Lindsay at 6300 bucks there's Royce Freeman at 5700 close to the same range Marlon Mack at 6800 is a very safe bet for touches in a solid matchup Jordan Howard at six thousand dollars Carlos Hyde at 6100 both of those guys could get plenty of touches for their offenses this week and Le'Veon Bell at seven thousand bucks is worth mentioning yeah like all those guys, um, we didn't even mention Latavius Murray. I just think, you know, he, he's an obvious play if Elvin mm-hmm. Kamara is out. And then I think Devontae Freeman. I know, you know, assuming it's Matt Schaub under center, that obviously hurts. But, you know, Freeman, is, with Ito Smith out, he's going to be basically an every down back here. We know he can he can do damage in the passing game. And he's just 6200 bucks. So I, I think he makes sense. I would have a real hard time playing him over philip Lindsay, i guess philip Lindsay would be the big comp for me there at 6300 yeah i mean, I think they're close i, I do think freeman's a, a better volume but yeah man i <laughs> the whole atlanta offense scares me this week yeah. much i don't think i'll do it but i can see the argument for it yep that's fair on defense what are you playing i'm just playing the patriots like <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm just gonna play the patriots they're five thousand dollars they're not nearly expensive enough here especially when you compare them i mean there's other d's i like titans bears chargers eagles but they're you know they're between 4,000 and 4,600 it's just not a big enough discount over the patriots who are just you know putting up massive points week in week out it's another good matchup the browns are 26th in fando points allowed to defenses and you know they've especially struggled in pass protection so i think patriots get a lot of sacks and you know probably a few interceptions off baker this week yeah, Patriots, even at 5000 bucks lead our FanDuel dollars per point rankings this week. Also the clear leader in projected FanDuel ownership, according to FanShare right now. Uh, but it's only at about 13%, so it's not an oppressive number if it stays at that. It'll be worth watching as we head towards Sunday, because if it's like 30% for the Patriots, then I could see just trying to find a, an alternate option. The Saints at 4400 are the only other defense projected for double-digit owned rate right now. So I certainly think they're in play against Arizona, but again, Patriots are just the comfier, higher upside, higher floor play. Rams at 5,000, Seahawks at 4,900, 49ers at 4,800. I think they all 
present similar upside. So if you're building tourney lineups and multiple tourney lineups, you might want to do something that doesn't involve the Patriots. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I, I think there's an argument for not using the Patriots in, in tournaments for sure. I, I do. I mentioned the Eagles, I think, at 4,000, just facing Josh Allen. I think there's turnover upside. And the Bears, I know they've been disappointed. They've taken a step back. But, you know, against that, Chargers O-line with Keenan Allen banged up. It's tough to see the Chargers offense doing much this weekend. Yeah, I will also throw out the Lions at 4,500 as an option against the Giants. And the lowest, I think, that I would actually give a look to, depending on what else is in my lineup, the Bucks at 3,700 bucks. The, the Titans have been a friendly matchup so far this year. Obviously, almost all of that has been with Marcus Mariota. So we really don't know what they are as a matchup with Ryan Tannehill yet, but we have at least seen Tampa Bay rush the passer well at times. You know, anybody's capable of turnovers. So if you do need ultimate savings in that spot, I think the Bucks are the only defense sub 4,000 that I would actually give a look to. I'd say the Panthers for 3,500 are, are in play if you're really that's, trying to save money. That's true. I can see that too. Yeah. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this week eight edition of our FanDuel podcast. Head over to DraftSharks.com now to read all of Kevin's top picks for playing on FanDuel this weekend. Check out our full Week 8 rankings, complete with FanDuel dollars per point projections. And mess around with the lineup builder tool. Try to win yourself some money this weekend. Check back Saturday morning to see who Jared and I are playing against each other in the Shark Duel. You can also find us on Twitter. We are at DraftSharks. Jared is at SmolaDS. I am at ShaufDS. That's S-C-H-A-U-F. For Jared Smola and the rest of the DraftSharks crew, I'm at Shaf saying thanks so much for swimming with us. 